Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Raise your hand if you struggle with point of view. Let me tell you, you are not alone. Point of view is the thing that flummoxes writers the most. Should third person be close third, limited third, or omniscient? How omniscient? How do you describe actions that happen when the main character is not looking? Is it better to show more than one point of view? I get questions like these all the time. A big part of the confusion with point of view is this misguided focus on first person or third person. That's just the way it's often taught. But I find that this confuses writers more than it helps, and it makes point of view much more complicated than it needs to be. So in this episode, I'm going to simplify point of view for you and distill it into the three main things you need to focus on so you can develop a strong point of view that gives your story unity, rhythm, and resonance. Stay tuned. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Panuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Point of view is one of the essential pillars of your story. It's one of the most essential unifying story structures. And many writers conflate point of view with first, second, or third person, But this has virtually nothing to do with point of view, and it confuses most writers. And this is why so many of you think that you need multiple points of view to tell your story, rather than develop the one point of view that best tells your story. Okay, so before we dive in, let's talk about what point of view is. Point of view is what Doug Glover calls the mental modus operandi of your story. It's the consciousness of your story. So whether you're writing from one character's viewpoint or multiple, whether you're writing from first person or third, limited, close, or omniscient, someone is seeing the action. Someone is reporting that action to the reader. So you need to invent that perceiving subject as a mental construct, and it needs to be consistent. So point of view is the one who's experiencing the action. It's the mind of your story. It's how your main character plugs into the world of your story. 
So here are three ways to construct a compelling point of view, a consistent mental construct for your story. Number one, desire. Start with what your main character comes into the story wanting. You want to establish that desire early on, and it needs to be concrete. For example, Anna Karenina wants to be with Vronsky. Humbert wants Lolita. Harry Potter wants to defeat Voldemort. Desire is how your character plugs into the world of your stories. So when developing point of view, start with what your character comes into the story wanting. Your main character's desire informs every other choice you will make about your story. And every choice your character makes will be in pursuit of that core desire. You want to make sure that your main character has a passionate relationship to that desire. Now, it doesn't matter what the desire is. It could be catching a large fish. What matters is his or her relationship to that desire. So your character will be in ardent, passionate pursuit of that desire. And your character will also be passionately engaged with the current situation vis-a-vis that desire. Now, when we talk about passion, we're not just talking about love. Yes, it could be love, but passion could also be fear, anger, even hatred. So number one, desire. Number two, significant history. This is also commonly referred to as backstory or backfill. It's significant. What makes it significant is that it tells us how your main character comes into the story wanting what he or she wants. So it's background material that has a direct relationship to your character's concrete desire and the present situation. So you don't want to drop in backstory to spoon feed the reader information. It needs to be relevant to A, your character's desire, and B, the current situation that's happening in a scene or a series of scenes. Now, a common problem is this excessive growth of backstory, and sometimes it overtakes the story, and sometimes it happens before you even get to the action. So I did a whole episode on backstory that helps you get clear on what backstory you need to know and what backstory your reader needs to know. That's episode 50. I will link in the show notes. So pay attention to how your own memory works. So for example, I've been doing a lot of driving this summer, and when I'm driving, my mind typically wanders. So something I'll see on the side of the road, or maybe a song will come up on the CD player, and suddenly I'm launched back in time 20 or so years ago to a distinct memory that's been dormant. So the present launches me into the past, into these episodic memories, and then something from that memory pops me back into the present. So we naturally do this. This is how our our mind operates. We naturally time travel. So the present and the past are having a conversation with one another. So significant history is background that tells us how your character comes into the story wanting what he or she wants. It shows us why he or she wants it. 
Significant history can be brief, but it needs to be repeated through references, expansions, and variations. So it can be woven into the forward-moving action. It's not all put in on one place. It's not weighted in one place. It gathers a certain rhythm, and it gives your story a memory. So your story now has a memory, and it's all linked again to that core desire. Now, once you have your character's desire and significant history, now you have a good fix on how your character will react as new situations come up to thwart him or her from getting what he or she wants. So number one, desire. Number two, significant history. How your character arrives in the opening wanting what he or she wants. And number three, language. Your character thinks a certain way, and talks a certain way. And all this will reflect his or her desire and significant history. So you want to ask, where is the language coming from? This includes diction, syntax, and symbolic references. You know, we all have metaphors. We all give metaphoric weight to the things we observe. So what your character notices and the language he or she uses to describe what he or she is seeing and experiencing is anchored in the way your character views the world. So for example, my 15-year-old will describe our living room much differently than I would. He'd notice different things. He'd use different language, different tone, different syntax. He'd slant the details in a different way than I would. So the mind of your character has to reflect something about how they view the world. Now, a common mistake is creating a point of view that's too simple. This is the one note character. It's either too insensitive or, you know, he's a cheater or a drunk or she's too ambitious. For example, you want to construct a point of view that's sensitive and intelligent and wise enough to say something interesting about the world. There's got to be some self-reflection. For example, Dennis Johnson's story, Jesus' Son, is about characters who are drug addicts and alcoholics, but they all have an interesting view of the world. They have something interesting to say, and the language that they use is very precise. Okay, so let's recap. To create a compelling point of view that gives your story unity, rhythm, and resonance, focus on these three things. Number one, desire. What does your character come into the story wanting? He or she should have a passionate relationship to that desire and should ardently pursue that desire. This desire will fuel your character from beginning to end. Number two, significant history. How does your character come into the story wanting what he or she wants? Now for a deeper discussion on backstory, go listen to episode 50. How much backstory does your reader really need to know? I'll link that episode in the show notes. And number three, language. How does your character think and speak? And how does that reflect how he or she views the world? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. I hope these three focus elements help you create a compelling point of view that gives your story unity, rhythm, and resonance. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.